Good morning, everybody. Buenos dias. Hey, man. Yeah, worship team do a great job. Nice job. Great job, everyone. Uh, hey, so uh, it's so good to be back, you guys. And welcome, welcome, welcome. I love how you all are packed into the back half of the room. Um, that's how you like it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, hey, and um, welcome online church, all you folks joining us online. Uh, I hope that you are engaged with us. I hope that we're more than just an open tab this morning, but uh, uh, welcome and welcome and welcome. And so, hey guys, uh, next week is our 10th birthday. Our 10th birthday. Yes. So uh, we're just about kind of getting to that age. We're going to start showing a little attitude. Uh, We're going to start kind of a little bit hands on hips. You can't tell me what to do. We're kind of pushing that way a little bit. And so another couple years, we'll just be full out, you know, like listening to rock music and uh, never taking our headphones off and all those things. So, I mean, just give it a little time. Give it a little time. Uh, in case we haven't met, and so we're going to actually have a little fun next week. We've got some fun things planned, some surprises, not secrets, surprises. We have surprises planned for next week. We're going to have a great time. Uh, so that's going to be good. So in case we haven't met, I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. And uh, I've just been away. Hey, didn't Bethany do a great job last week? And then, you know, Pat, you know, Bethany. I haven't listened to it yet, but... Judge, I just know. I just know. And I did see some of the comments online, and people liked it. So, And people just like you. So, uh, But it was great. And then Pat did a great job, and, and Joe did a great job. And I'm so thankful for those guys for filling in and, and uh, allowing our family to take a little break. We took Hudson up to Minnesota, and uh, we left him there for nine months. And it was... Uh, did anybody here ever play Mortal Kombat when they were younger? And there was a move in Mortal Kombat. There was this guy named Kano. And he would reach into the, his opponent's chest and tear their heart out and hold it up like that. Leaving our son in Minnesota was a little like that. It's kind of like that. And uh, so we miss him a lot. And it's just not the same. The house is awfully quiet without him. And, and so, but it was nice to go there as a family and walk some trails and have some fun. But uh, this morning what we're doing is we're continuing on with our 12-part series as we're walking through Matthew. You guys, we're looking at the teachings of Jesus. I love the teachings of Jesus. I love, like, if somebody told me, look, you've just got to tear out the rest of the Bible, which not going to happen. I love the whole Bible. But if they did, they said, listen, you have to. I would keep the Gospels because I love the teachings of Jesus. And I love that they're simple. I love that they're impactful, that he tells us, he tells, just tells us straight right? Tells it to us straight how to live, how to grow in him. And I just love the red letters. There's just something about reading the words of Jesus that is just so powerful. powerful. And so we've been walking through that. And today uh, I want to look at the parable of the sowers, uh, the parable of the sower. And so actually I know we're kind of rewinding a little bit. We're going back in the book of Matthew. And uh, it's just because I 
when I wrote this and then I wrote a couple of other messages as we're going through it, uh, we got to one where I really felt like the Holy Spirit say, no, on that week you need to teach that one. And so, and then on that week, I want you to teach that one. And so that's why we're rewinding a little bit. It's just because of that. I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading us in a certain direction through these teachings. And so today we're going to look at the parable of the sower. And so, listen, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for about 35 years. So, uh, and when I say walking with Jesus, I mean, uh, I mean walking with him in a sense of before that it was sort of I went to church and I really what I was interested in before that period in my life was, was fire insurance, right? And when you're sort of younger, you're like, okay, what do I need to do to stay out of hell? And, and so that's kind of where I was for a few years. And then um, when I was a teenager and I was 15, it was uh, a very, um, it was a very unusual experience. And, and I remember um, one day waking up, I was about 15 years old, I was a sophomore in high school, and I felt something. At the time, I didn't realize that this was the Holy Spirit, but I felt something go, here's what you need to do. You need to go tell your mom you're not feeling so hot and that you want to stay home from school. And I'm going to just, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm going to encounter you today. Okay? So um, I went into my mom's bedroom. I said, Mom, I, I, need, I just need to stay home today. I'm not feeling so hot. <laughs> um, and she knew when I was faking, but she was always good about letting me stay home anyway. And so uh, she let me stay home. She went off to work. I had the house myself that day. And I felt like Jesus sort of came into my bedroom and, and, and showed me this picture of what he did for me. I opened up my Bible. I'm reading the Gospels. I'm reading how Jesus laid down his life for me, that his love for me was so incredibly lavish was so incredibly generous. It was, he held nothing back. And I kind of, you know, found myself repenting that day of, um, of holding back, of just kind of going, God, I, I want to give you enough to be able to wear the label and kind of make it into heaven, right? Um, but until that point in my life, I was not able to truly say, Lord, I want you to have it all. I want you to have it all. You gave it all. You can have it all. And so at that point, that day in my life, at 15 years old, playing hooky from school, just spending the day in the Word, spending the day doing some self-examination, spending the day taking a look at how I followed Christ and how that was lived out. And... Um, and I've never been the same since. I've never been the same since. And it was very undramatic. I didn't run up to the altar somewhere. I didn't, uh, I didn't hear, you know, there was, it was not like I heard a song. I didn't hear reckless love. And, and, and then everything changed for me. It was just that moment of self-examination. And, and just saying, God, you can have everything. You can have it all. And I'm not keeping any of it. And, um, and after 35 years of following Jesus and being in ministry for 25 of those, I feel like I've seen a lot. I have seen a lot. I tell you, 
Uh, you don't need to follow God long and stay consistent before you kind of feel like you've seen it all. And after 35 years, I've seen a lot. I've seen people vow to give God everything and then turn around and ruin their marriage with an affair. All right? Those things are, there's a, there's a great disparity in those things. I, I've seen people, you know, do just the opposite, you know, where they kind of fall on their knees, they go to the altar, they're on their knees, they're in tears, and, and just say, I give everything to you, and, and within a year, uh, they are now claiming to be atheists. And, and I, I've seen that too, you know, I've, I've seen a lot, people, <laughs> you know, I've seen people claim to love Jesus and then live like they've never heard of him. And there's a huge disparity. Um, I've even had very, very, very dear and close friends walk away from Jesus simply because it didn't fit their lifestyle choices. And, you know, they, they just they couldn't reconcile the two. And so rather than choosing Jesus and trusting him with the consequences, they chose their lifestyle because they just couldn't reconcile following Jesus and living the way that they were living. And it's It's tough. Um, but I, I think that when Jesus was walking on the earth, um, he, he saw that coming, right? That, that's not a surprise to him. It was never a surprise when, uh, when people made grand declarations of how they're going to follow Jesus with everything and, and then give him nothing, right? He saw it was going to happen, and he addressed it in this passage. You know, this, this passage is about this that we're going to look at today, um, because here's the thing, none of us, none of us, none of us are exempt from falling away, right? I mean, we're all basically a few bad decisions away from walking away from Jesus. And none of us are exempt from being anything like the stories I just shared with you, right? Uh, in fact, Scripture even tells us that uh, we really need to be careful. We really need to beware when we think we're strong. Right? Beware when you think you're strong, lest you fall. In fact, it's a lot of times in those moments that we think that we are King S-H-I-T of, <laughs> right? You know, that we're even closer to falling away. Even closer to doing something that we could regret. Doing something that would change the trajectory uh, of our lives, right? And we're all capable of letting our faith dry up. Now, that's a lot of times that's where it starts, right? We're all capable of letting our faith dry up. We're all capable of becoming lukewarm, you know, of, of becoming just sort of nominal Christians, you know, churchgoers with no relationship with God. And so we're all, we're all you know, shoot. Um, and so what does Jesus have to say about that? And, and, and I love how he addresses that in this scripture. I love how he addresses it in the parable of the sower. And uh, I think if we can get a hold of it and, be, and build the things into our life that Jesus is talking about here, that, um, that uh, it, then we're good, right? Can we pray real quick? Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that um, your word would come alive in us, that it would bear fruit in us. We don't want to just sit here and gather information. And, uh, and have, another, um, have another bulletin full of notes that we just don't do anything with, God. We want to be transformed by you. Lord, let your word bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, so we're going to look, what we're going to do is uh, we've, got this, we've got this parable chopped up just a little bit. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 8, and then we're going to jump ahead 11 verses to verses 19 through 23, okay? And so let's go ahead and read this together. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. These are the words of Jesus. These are the red letters here. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon withered under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. So much in this, you guys. Like we could actually, we could do another 12 weeks just on the parable of the sower, right? And it's huge. It's huge. But if you remember one thing this morning, this is what I want you to remember. Tend to your soil and the garden will flourish. Tend to your soil, and the garden will flourish. This is all about the soil. Jesus is talking about the condition of our souls, the condition of our soil, the condition of our lives. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. And when we tend to the soil of our lives, then we are less likely to be swept away. The the stories that I told you, they're all true stories. People who you know, destroyed their marriage after declaring they love God with everything. These are all true stories. Guys who went to the altar and, and wept before the Lord and then declared himself an atheist a year. These are all true stories. And these are guys, these are people who had just not taken care of their soil. They weren't taking care of their soil, right? You can, you can talk about how what a wonderful garden you're going to have how your relationship with Jesus is going to be wonderful and how much you love it and all these things. But if your soil is weak, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. I remember when I was a kid, I used to spend my summers at my grandpa's farm in Michigan. And he had a great big farm. Um, and by, by the time I would go up and spend summers with him, he only had like a couple of horses on it. But he always had this great big garden next to the house. It was, and he would plant all sorts of things. And uh, it was next to the house. And I remember, as a little kid, loving to help them go plant seeds, right? I don't know what it is about kids and planting seeds, but they want to sprinkle a couple of seeds in the ground and cover it up. And that's so much fun. That was fun for me. I don't know. Now I guess they just play Farmville, right? This is all about the screen. But, I, you know, and so I love to go. And I even like to go and I like to water the soil. That was fun. 
because I'm weird that way, and I like to see the color of the soil darken from the water. I like to see it get moist. I like to pat it down, all those things. I love those things. But you know what I hated doing? Pulling weeds. Okay, it's time to go pull weeds, and it's time to take some rocks. Because I don't know what it is about that upper Michigan soil, but it just seemed like constant rocks were coming up from the ground. Like, like we were being invaded by some form of, you know, uh, uh, some sort of rock, you know, aliens, subterranean. But it seemed like, it, it, it seemed like the soil grew rocks. And so I hated going out and pulling weeds and, pull, and, and, and picking rocks. It was my least favorite part of the process. Uh, because it was boring, it was tedious, it hurt my back, all those things, right? Um, But if that soil wasn't healthy, if the rocks weren't pulled out, if the weeds weren't pulled, stuff wasn't going to grow. It might spring up, but it was going to die. And we wouldn't have a garden, and we wouldn't get to enjoy fresh salads. We wouldn't get to have a a, a fresh cucumber, just peel, peel a little bit away, put a little salt on it, eat it like a candy bar. Oh, it's just wonderful, right? And so we didn't get all those things if we didn't go out and pick up the rocks and take care of the soil and make sure that the soil was healthy. And so just like a garden, God wants us to flourish. He wants us to flourish spiritually. He wants to flourish in our relationships. He wants to flourish in our finances. God wants us to be people who are just flourishing in the different areas of our life, uh, like a good garden. And he wants the message of the kingdom to be spread through you and through me. Right? Because a lot of times, what do we like to do? We like to stop right there where he's talking about, uh, you know, that, that we, that we uh, are healthy. We like to stop there, but what we don't understand is God not only wants us to be healthy, but wants us to reproduce. Right? He wants us to reproduce. And when we're healthy, we reproduce naturally. We, we spread the kingdom of God. We spread that joy. We spread that love. We spread that message. And, and that's what health looks like, okay? Health spreads. We've got, uh, we've got raspberries growing on the side of our house. And they're so flippin' healthy. In fact, they're like too healthy, right? It's like every year we go out there and like, how do we have a dozen more raspberry plants? You know? God wants us to be like those raspberries, you know? Reproducing. If we're not reproducing, then what, what are we doing, right? We're just taking in information, we're just we're just kind of we're just kind of consuming, right? And we don't want to do that. We want to reproduce. We want to reproduce, and so uh, so he wants the kingdom of God, the, his message to be spread through you and through me. He wants the fruits, right? What does Scripture tell us? The fruit of the Spirit is right: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah, he wants those fruits to be produced through us. Uh, but it's, it's, it's our personal responsibility. It's our personal re- responsibility to make sure that we are healthy soil. Right? So it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to make my soil healthy. Just like it's my responsibility to keep my body healthy. Right? Okay? I can't blame anybody else if, if, I, you know, if, if I'm overweight and all those things, if, I, if I'm getting sick all the time and I'm letting my immune system drop and all those things, right? That's not your response. That's my responsibility, okay? And so um, it's your responsibility to make sure that your soil is healthy. And it's my responsibility to make sure that my soil is healthy. And so when the soil of our hearts are healthy, it shows because we start doing what God wants 
uh, us to do. We start doing what God says instead of just hearing it. Uh, you know, we do it. God wants us to be what? Doers of the word, not just hearers only. Correct? Is that, am I right or wrong? Yeah. God wants us to be doers, not just hearers. And that's so important. And, and so when our soil is healthy and hard times come, we can stand firm. We don't crumble under the weight of difficult times. We don't crumble under the weight of, of uh, yeah, you all know what difficult times look like. I don't need to tell you that, right? And so others begin to see Jesus in us, and they're drawn to him. So well, let's look at these conditions that Jesus talks about, okay, that make the soil of our hearts, that make our soil healthy. The first thing is this. Work to understand God's word better. Work to understand God's word better. That's for you and that's for me, to work to understand God's word better. Verse 19 tells us that when we don't have understanding, the enemy can steal the seeds God planted in us, right? When we don't have understanding, the enemy can steal what God plants in us. We have to have understanding of God's word, okay? No seed, no growth. And so a careful study and understanding of Scripture, it, it, when we don't have those things... Um, or when we have those things, when we have careful study and understanding of Scripture, it keeps us from believing lies. You know, the enemy loves to lie to us. What does Scripture call? He calls him the father of what? Yeah, right? So the enemy is the father of lies. He comes along and he whispers things in our ear that are not true. But when we have an understanding of God's word, we can fight those lies. Okay? Otherwise, we're just hearing it, but we don't know it's a lie. And if you don't know it's a lie, that's dangerous. Right? And when the enemy comes along and he says, God isn't listening to your prayers, we can say, hey, I have direct access to God, according to Ephesians 2.18. Okay? That's a lie, because I know Ephesians 2.18. And when the enemy comes along and says, you know what? God is blessing everybody but you. Right? And we can say, no, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing, according to Ephesians 1.3. Okay? But you know what? If you don't know Ephesians... Then you, 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 then you can just fall into that self-pity and fall into that, oh, yeah, God is blessing everybody but me. God must not like me, you know. Or when the enemy says, you know what, you're just the same old loser, you're never going to change. You can go, no, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm a new creation, okay? And so we know the word of God and we have understanding of the word of God. The enemy can't lie to us. You know, we can recognize those lies right away. How do bankers know counterfeits? How is it that a banker knows counterfeit? They study the real deal. And they have a little pen. Yes. <laughs> they have a little pen. Right? But they study the real deal. You need to know the real deal so that you can recognize a counterfeit. The Bible won't do you any good if you don't know it and do what it says. So gain understanding. Gain understanding of the Word of God, and it will improve your soil. And so... Um, if, if the only study of Scripture that you currently have in your life is Sunday mornings, um, that's, that's not enough, right? And I, and I say this a lot. Go and study this for yourself. You know, it's your personal responsibility to study this. And so it's my responsibility just to kind of go, this is what I think God is saying. Go do it. Get, get out of here and go do it, right? And so uh, the second thing is this, is gain unwavering conviction through intimacy with Jesus. Wow. This one's my favorite. This one's my favorite because I just love, uh, I just love intimacy with Jesus. I love it. I love it. Right? I just 
you know, whenever I hear that and they say, intimacy with Jesus, something in my heart just draws me, just, just makes me, you know, I don't know what it is. Does anybody else ever feel that way? When you start talking about intimacy with Jesus, you're just like, yeah. I just want to go, I just want to go, like, lean up against him for a little while, you know? I just want to go spend some time with Jesus. I just want to go be alone with him. And I think that, you know, God, when we, when we come to Jesus, God puts a certain homesickness for him in our hearts, right? A certain hunger, a certain homesickness. I just, want to, I just want to be with Jesus. Gain unwavering conviction through intimacy with Jesus. Some people love studying scripture, but don't pray much. And some people pray every day, but don't spend much time in the Word. The thing is, is we need both. We need both, right? If we're going to have roots, like Matthew 13, 21 is talking about, if we're going to have those roots, we've got to have both. You've got to have the study of the Scripture, and you've got to have intimacy with Jesus. One thing I know through seasons of deep, consistent prayer is that conviction, uh, there's a conviction that grows in me that what He says is true, Right? So as I spend time with him, as I spend time in prayer, as I spend time seeking him, I, this conviction grows that says what he says is true, what he says is true, what he says is true. And all other things uh, that contradict what he says is not true, right? And sometimes, and here's the tough part, you guys, sometimes my own experience contradicts what he says. Whew. What the heck, Right? And those are times when I have to make a decision to go, yet will I praise him, right? What does the Old Testament say? When the fields aren't bearing any fruit, right? When the, when the vine bears no fruit and the fields are barren, Scripture says, yet I'm going to praise him. Yet I'm going to praise him. You want to know the difference between uh, a, a, a believer who's just, you know, they don't have those roots, there's some of this bad soil, and a believer who's good soil is that when those lousy times come, uh, you know, a believer with bad soil is going to go, eh, I'm going to reevaluate all this stuff, and I think, I think, you know, I'm done. It can't be real because of my experience, right? But a believer who has good soil is going to go, this hurts. I don't get it. God, I'm mad at you, and it's okay to say that. God, I'm mad at you. God, I don't understand you. God, I don't get you. Yet. Yet. I'm going to praise you. Right? Yet. I'm going to believe what you say is true. Yet. Right? And so, and that's hard to do. I'm not saying that's easy. I don't think that's easy for anybody. I mean, you know, uh, it's not easy for me. Like I said, I've been at this 35 years. It's not easy for me. Right? And so, but... Okay, I'm totally getting off on this thing. But intimacy with Jesus, we need both. And one thing is, is we grow in that conviction. There's an old saying that's, that we say around here sometimes, he who prays stays and he who fasts lasts. He who prays stays and he who fasts lasts. Last thing is this, is develop a healthy disinterest in the world's obsessions. Develop a healthy disinterest in the world's obsessions. Right? Isn't the world obsessed with some weird stuff? Like, like verse 22 says, the cares of the world and the lures of wealth. The cares of the world and the lures of wealth. They're like thorns in our soil. That's what scripture says. The cares of the world, the lures of wealth, they're like thorns in our soil. And so, we, you know, uh, we need to develop a healthy disinterest in who wore what to the Oscars. 
right? I mean, seriously, we need to develop a healthy disinterest and start caring more about the kingdom, okay? We need to stop going into debt to buy things we don't need and instead invest in the kingdom. Those things, the lures of the world, are like thorns in our soil. We need to spend less time staring at screens and more time staring at the face of Jesus. Okay? I, I think that, you know, it would be a great lock screen for those of you who use time management on your phones. You know what I'm saying? You know how, how you have, there's apps now that will keep you from being able to access your phone during certain hours just to kind of break that addiction? It would be awesome if that app just had a picture of Jesus' face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I'm tempted just to kind of stare at the screen. Oh, it's the face of Jesus. That would be great. Somebody, somebody develop that, and, uh, and you can make some money. You make my, I'll, I'll promote it for free for you, right? But there's just so many believers that can quote song lyrics but not scripture, right? There's, there's, there's believers who can tell you all of the names of the Marvel movies coming out over the next five years but can't tell you the names of the disciples, right? And so, like... And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not. So those of you who are like, hey, I'm into that, you jerk. <laughs> hey, I like Marvel movies too, right? Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not saying that, any, that you know, any of those things are bad. Uh, what I am saying is this, is that our, our attention is a limited commodity. You only have so much attention. You only have so many years in your life. You only have so many months in a year. You only have so many weeks in a month and days in a week, right? You only have so many. Our attention is a limited commodity, and God deserves a lot of that attention, okay? He really does. And, uh, you you know, we like to be uh, married to Jesus but friends with the world, don't we? It's like, I'm married to Jesus. You know, he's my one and only. I'm committed to him. But I, I have some friendships with the world. You know, I have friendships with, with some things. And, and uh, you know, I'm just going to say, that's just going to affect your marriage, right? I mean, uh, if I had, you know, uh, I, you know, Wendy is my longtime, longtime wife, companion, lover, right? <laughs> She's all those things. She's all those things. But if I had, like, uh, you know, a handful of best friends that were women that I hung out with, it would have an impact on my marriage. It would have an yeah, it would have an impact on that relationship. And we love to have this marriage to Jesus, but this sort of you know friendship with these other things in the world that impact our relationship with Him. And uh, uh, we need to take inventory of that, take stock of that. We need to hold those things loosely. Hold the things of the world loosely is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hold the things of the world loosely and make Jesus number one in your heart. And so um, what we're going to do as we close today, all I want to do is just, uh, let's just take a soil sample, right? That's all I want to do. Take a soil sample. Uh, I I just want to ask, is the soil of my heart, is the soil of your heart, just ask yourself, is the soil of my heart healthy? Is the soil of my heart healthy? And how do we know if soil is healthy? Somebody, I'm trying to help you out. How do we know? Yes, it does. It produces good fruit. It produces good fruit, right? 
Are we growing in love? Are we growing in joy? Are we growing in peace and patience? Are we growing in kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Are we growing in those things? Is the kingdom spreading through us? Or, if we're honest, I, you know, some of us might say that our, our, our soil is shallow. Some of us might say our soil is shallow. I kind of have weak roots. There's some thorns. There's some worries. There's some temporal obsessions uh, that uh, sometimes take the throne of my heart. And, uh, and, and you know what? That's, that's normal. It happens. Jesus expected it, right? He expected it. But the point isn't that we stay there. The point is that we nourish our soil, that we make our soil healthy. And uh, so I just want to pray today. If the worship team wants to come back, y'all are, are welcome to come back. Um, and I want to pray for you today. And our, our prayer team is uh, heading back uh, there. And so if you need prayer today for anything, and maybe, you know what, maybe you just need prayer today and you're like, um, hey, I'm just real honest. I just want to be real honest. My soil's not that healthy, right? I just, my soil's not that healthy. Um, then I want you to go get prayer. Would you please, would you please go get prayer? And, um, and just, you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to be transparent. You know, one of the things that I love about our church is we don't have to put on fronts, y'all. We don't have to look, we don't have to act holy. We don't have to act like we've got it all together, right? When we do that, it denies God a chance to operate in us. And so, um, so if you are there and you need God to uh, minister to you in that way, go get prayer. If you need prayer for anything, just go back there and get prayer because those guys are awesome. They're great prayer warriors. So, will y'all stand with me? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. And, and Lord, we pray that, um, God, that we would have good soil. That we would be people of your word. That we would be people of prayer, intimacy with Jesus. That we would be people who have a, a healthy disinterest in the world. God, as your word kind of describes them as civilian affairs, Lord. Instead, God, that uh, our love, you would be our first love. You would sit on the throne of our hearts. That all that we do would flow out of that relationship with you. All that we do would flow out of whatever you're pouring into us, God. Lord, I pray that you would continue to challenge us to be people who tend our soil for your glory and for your honor because you are amazing. In Jesus' name, amen.